from the UK, broadcasting around the world. Around the world. You're listening to the Mike Drop Club, hosted by Douglas Hamandiche. Message received. Message received. You do not need to know what you need. What you need. Just engage with the podcast feed. Just engage with the podcast feed. Providing weekly insights into cool stuff we've read, saw, did, or heard about what made us say, wow, eureka, damn, nothing is off limits. If it motivates and inspires you to reach your goals, then it shall be discussed. Featuring guest interviews from high performers and people of influence and weekly awards for the best mic drop moment. This podcast is guaranteed to leave you pumped up for the week ahead. Don't just live life, make life boom. Hi guys, doing this Doug's Ham Biche for another episode of the Mic Drop Club. Today, uh, back in my house, my brother from another mother, Reese Thomas, is in the house. Big up, Reese. And I'm super, super happy again that Reese is back. You know, he brings fire every time he's here. Every time I've spoken to Reese, uh, I'm always left feeling more uplifted, more energized, and thankful and optimistic for the future. So, Reese, with no further ado, how are you doing? Hey, my brother. Uh, so good to see you again, mate. And uh, fantastic. So good to be in in your presence and. Uh, connecting and um yeah you bring a smile to my face brother every time oh man oh man ditto ditto and when we started this journey together um big up the um inspired business crew um we 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 started this journey we wanted to put together a series a mini series of content um that we could take the, the the listener on a journey through emotional personal physical psychological transformation and we were trying to pen some some themes that we'll discuss mm. and inevitably when you talk to Reese, the conversation can go in any direction because of the background that you you have the unique background and the fact that you are a competition athlete and you've seen both sides of the highs and the lows and how to navigate that that space that a lot of people are scared of yeah. um as as we go on, I was reading a quote earlier today from Oscar Wilde, and he spoke of two tragedies in, in this world that we go through. But the one is to not have, mm. and the other one is to have. So to get what you want and to not get what you want. And you've been there where you've got what you want, and it mm. might not been everything you wanted. And also being the aspiring to get what you want. And you've held that space. So what was it like for you? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's been like two lives, right, Douglas? I've lived like two different lives. And I had a good friend of mine the other day, not, uh, you know, a recent acquaintance, maybe not good friend as yet, but talking about like a rugby analogy that life is a game of two halves. You know, like we've used in, in rugby, you know, it's a game of two halves. But it's that's most certainly how it's played out in my life, you know. From a young lad, you know, sports allowed me to express myself. And then I aspired, I, I was inspired by um, this South Africa and the surroundings that I found myself in as a young lad and wanted to succeed in the rugby world. 
pro uh, like post South Africa uh, winning the 1995 World Cup when Nelson Mandela and his Rainbow Nation, you know, changed the changed the country. And um, that's all. I never played rugby. And then the minute I that that moment happened, like that was it. My attention was just solely on on rugby, and that's what I applied myself to. And you know. 10-year pro then, uh, seven caps, international rugby player. And when I got there, you know, it kind of ran away with me. Um, Mm. It was Mm. everything I wished it to be and more. But it was like, because of how I was as a human being, my nature, my nurture, that like social aspect of my life, you know, I kind of over-enjoyed, over-indulged, off the pitch, and ultimately ended up affecting my on the pitch performances. And if I'm if I'm honest, you know, I I didn't I didn't reach the the levels I could have reached. And um, it was something that when my career ended, that it it you know it played on my mind big time. Not 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 applying myself fully, um, and that left me with regret. And that regret is a terrible place to be. Even though, you know, in hindsight, I did succeed. But, you know, I suppose being an athlete, an elite athlete, you kind of look back and, you know, you pick the bones out of it, Douglas. And Yeah, absolutely. But, and if you're a perfectionist by, by nature, that, that, will, that will play on your mind a lot more that you could have done yeah. a lot more with the opportunities that, that you have. Exactly. Um, my mum my always says this to me. Give her, if you want to see the heart of a poor person... Give them money, lots of money, and see what they spend on first. See what they buy. See what they do. You know, if you want to see the the, the nature of any person, you know. Mm. Um, so yeah, so to be given all the trappings of success and navigating yeah. that space, mm. um, yeah, it it was a challenge. And anybody anybody that didn't check out our last conversation, please check it out on the Mic Drop Club. It, it is epic. There there were bombs being dropped left, right, and center there. <laughs> Um, again, resport the fire. So, yeah. So today, I want to delve a bit deeper in terms of what we call values. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I think it's it, it is the bedrock of a lot of people's trauma. Mm. It's what we we value. Absolutely. You know, whether it's materialistic wealth, whether it's recognition, mm. being acknowledged for some greatness or not not being acknowledged. So what what we value can 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 help us and also can debilitate us, and um, I want you I want you to talk to that that subject about values. What do, you, how do you um, deal with your? How do you formulate your own values, and how have you seen values shape other people's lives as well? Yeah, I think for me it was just you know it goes again like there's two lives. There's my like rugby me and my early life, and then my career loss. That seven years of. Um, you know, complete perception change, you know, and alcoholism, um, loss of everything, you know, divorce, uh, eviction from my home, ended up on universal credit. And then at that point after rehab, and now I've almost, what, almost four years clean, uh, clean and sober, it's well then done get- for you. And we need to pause there. This is okay, this guys, point. That's ready? a mic drop for you again. Four years of being sober. And I understand almost, that almost. journey is not easy. Is it how long? 
Uh, it's just over three and a half years now. So okay, three and a half years. Three and a half years is still every day is is, is a triumph, right? Oh, it's uh, brings a smile to my face, brother. Brings super, super, super. I'm stoked for you. Yeah, I'm stoked no. for you. And long may Thank that continue. Yeah, you know the, these these um. These what's it called? These these uh, shall I say habits or these things that we mm. lean on or props to get through life, you know, sometimes can really take a shock um chokehold on us oh, as yeah. well. So glad oh, that absolutely. you've had the resilience and the courage to combat that. Yeah, and I, it only made me grow as a man, uh, mm. Douglas. You know, although there was some major, you know, mistakes made, a lot of uh, unfortunate circumstances. And unfortunately, a, a lot of um, trauma and, and damage on on my family, and and yeah. that's the, that you know, there's no uh, sugarcoating it. There's no painting over it. you know those years, the, especially the three years that my alcoholism was at its worst. It affected everyone. It affected my family, but mm. you know, a lot of why I got myself in that mess in the first place was that I lacked values. Although, like on paper, I believed I had them. There was there was still things that I was doing that didn't align with who I was. Although I didn't have a set of values then, when I did something wrong, I knew I did something wrong. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then it would come, it would play on my mind, and then that cycle then starts to begin. That 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 we talk about, you know, that pain cycle. Whereas by then I have regret, I have shame, I have remorse, but it's all came back to. Now I understand it as because I wasn't aligned with my values and I was doing things that were going against um, the person I was deep down. But because, you know, to look part of that tribe I was in, mm-hmm. you know, to be part of the gang, like there's certain habits that men today in society, we partake in that on in alignment with, with, with integrity, with honor, um, respect. These types of things. So like when my world came crashing down, you know, that is what I built it on was, Mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't willing to do those mistakes again, to live a life without integrity, without honor, without, without honesty. And Mm -hmm. because I was tired of lying, Douglas, tired, 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 tired of lying and making mistakes and always looking over my shoulder, living in the past, or, and then worrying about the future, what was going to come up from those mistakes, that karmic effect. And so that was where things really started to change for me. And, um, wow. you know, when I then, in my later, no, in my more recent years, those like three and a half years of sobriety, you know, really going into that, you know, embodying where I was, because obviously I had no idea what values, me- I, I, we'd been taught them or, you know, told them, what, told that what, uh, values meant, but yeah. very, very many people live in alignment with their value system. Like they may tell you one thing, but they do a completely n- another thing. And as young men, young children growing up, we don't listen so much to words. We look at people's actions. And that's what I learned from. I learned from the actions of those around me. Subconsciously, it was stored. And then, you know, no matter how much I've tried to live, uh, by an unknown value system to myself. It was imprinted. And that's yeah. where my, my pain began. And then now, you know, at this new, you know, second half of my life, it feels like a new beginning. Yeah. It, it was built on a foundation that 
that is the cornerstone of everything I do because it allows me to live a life not in the past, but also with a positive future because I'm not looking over my shoulder. I don't have a baggage, a, a rucksack full of shit and, mm. and fear because I'm worrying that something's going to come up or someone's going to find out what I did or, you know, mm. like all these, these things wow. that we do. Wow. Um, if I can take you back a little bit, it's, it's very interesting that you, you speak of um, values in, in that, that way. When you, do you instinctively know that your values are being compromised in oh, the yeah. moment? No, because I, I have the awareness over my values. Yeah, so the, now, now because you've got the awareness. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But at, at the time when, you, when all these things were happening, oh, um, yeah. did you reflect and think something's not quite right but couldn't pinpoint what it was? Well, normally I was intoxicated when mm. the things that I did that were against my kind of, I would say, unwritten value system that I had, mm. or I wasn't aware of them, like because everyone has a value system. They're probably maybe not just a, we know what's right and wrong, Douglas. We do. Mm-hmm. You know, we know if we've got a partner and we maybe we're intoxicated and we um, stray, we know that's wrong. And then the next day, it's we are in huge amounts of dread, guilt, remorse, shame, all these things, right? But then we just bury it. If we put it in the locker and we think it's going to go away. But my brother, the body keeps the score. We don't wow. forget. We wow. don't forget. Wow. The body keeps the scroll. The score. The scroll or the score. The score. Both, the score. both for epic lines. <laughs> the body both keeps for epic the score, lines. brother. Because some people literally have a scroll of all their transgressions tattooed on their body. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, so it can work in both ways. But yeah, the body does keep a, a score. Um, that is so profound. I want to know. When you now have come to realize that you've you've gone against your values mm. and you spoke about remorse, mm. okay? So you're regretting what's happened, okay? Yeah. You're in a state of being sober with the regret, yeah. which must suck. It must oh. suck big time, right? Oh. Right. So how do you behave? Are you, for example... For example, some people, when they're guilty of of, mm. of doing something, they overcompensate with showering gifts, yeah, uh, overaccommodating, yeah. You know how how does it manifest in you? Well, in me, it was just it was a cycle of lies, you know. And then you you got to keep up those lies, and then mm. it's remembering the lies, and then it's mm. lies on top of lies. And then what you end up doing is living a life that is a complete lie, mm-hmm. you know, and all you're doing is you just keep making the same mistakes and that's where the cycle begins. But it's an, it's an emotional, mental, or physical pain cycle. Whereas by I have all that, that the body remembers it. My mentally, mm-hmm. although I've tried to block it out, it's there. It's stored. all those secrets, all that, uh, you know, all those things that I've done wrong, they haven't gone anywhere. They're just like, they, they're just storing up like this little body, like a, like a little, what's, what's the word for it? You know, it's like a, like an entity that sits within and that darkness, your shadow like begins to grow. 
And then mm. in the end, you become overwhelmed with that darkness because the only way I could escape it and the thoughts and that incessant overthinking process about covering my tail, not being caught, lying to myself even in the end about what I was doing might have been okay or that wasn't so bad, starting to justify it and minimalize it, rationalize it, mm. was when, you know, that cycle was just because I'd have that pain, that emotional, mental, or physical pain. Then I would want to escape because I couldn't deal with the thought pattern. And then I would feel the need to escape, and my mode of escape was alcohol. Then I would use, I would use, and then I would feel the shame. And then that would build into that mental, emotional, or physical pain. And then I would want to escape, release, Shame, yeah. and it just went bang, 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 never mm. ending. And then wow. it was like, even though I would tell myself, I'm, oh, I'm never doing that again. I'm never going to drink again because this is what it makes me do. By the next Friday, boom, back into it. Because back again. I couldn't back live here. Couldn't live with this. Yeah, yeah. Because there's also habits there. How much do you think habits, unhealthy habits, mm. compromise your values? Oh, I believe, Douglas, that's what I believe about the habits, right? Until it all came down to me, it was like one day it was like a penny drop whilst sober, mm. was that it all came down to choice. But I did not know what the word choice actually meant until I was conscious. Because I believe that there's conscious choice is what eventually allowed me to make the right decision. Because before... I could. I had a choice to do that thing or to not do that thing or to drink or to not drink. But I would manipulate myself even into believing that by doing that, it's going to just numb it or it'll give me a break from it or I'll feel better for five minutes. But then when I started to lose control of that, you know, there was no mm -hmm. choice. Even though positive thinking couldn't, you know, couldn't get me out of that state of mind. Um, mm. Even if I was doing good things, you know, three days a week or four days a week, still inevitably, even if I did go sober for one week or two weeks, it would it would rear its head. It was only a matter of time. But when I started to realize, you know, eventually that like alcohol, you know, drugs, women, whatever the problem may have been, like they were not the problem. You know, I was the problem. Mm. And those substances and other stuff made my problem much worse. So it all came back and it was just sh back to me. And then when sure. I started to heal, started to address those issues and they were longstanding. They were stuff way back, Douglas, all the way to my, to my upbringing, you know, oh, wow. all those limiting beliefs and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. You, you spoke profoundly about those limiting beliefs. And um, I guess I, I, I also reflected back on some of the things that you said and, and I could draw a lot of parallels it tells a limiting beliefs um culturally you know you can be um raised in such a way um if you're a female if you're of certain persuasion certain class all of us no matter who we are on 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 this earth have these limiting beliefs to some degree so being able to challenge them do you know are we what was it the tipping point for you was obviously the the actual the body now breaking down yeah, and yeah. you now physically cannot return to those habitual um, habits that are so de detrimental to yourself. But do you think on reflection, you could have 
got to where you got to without that tipping point? I don't think I would have done this. You know, like mm. maybe I could have brushed around the edges a little bit. I mean, I would have lost my marriage anyway. Mm. Um, and then who knows where it could have gone. The darkness would have, it could have maybe been dragged out. Maybe mm. I could have found a way to moderate a little bit about my drinking and I could carry on and, you know, this, but this time I would maybe be single and that would justify some of my actions a little more. But mm. what would I ultimately be? I would be empty. Because that whole time, the, the reason that I was behaving in the way I was behaving was down to an emptiness. Mm. And I was longing for something. And I was constantly searching, you know. When I was looking in, in, in like pubs, clubs, nightclubs, in the bottom of a bottle, mm. you know, these things, what was I looking for? Because materialistically, I had a lot. But it was never enough, bro. It was never enough. Never and, enough. And certainly, and certainly the, the, the man that is before me now, mm. that richness has mm. come through that pain, oh, you know. Yeah. Um, and that person would not have existed. But that person was always you. Yeah. That's the maddest thing. That's crazy, the, isn't That's it? the paradox, right? It's he crazy, was, isn't He was it? there all along. But I... And, def- and, and the funny thing is, if you, when you take a look at your family, the family that has been with you throughout this journey, mm. and do they say that you're a different person or, yeah. uh, or, or they also had to go on their journey to rediscover you Absolutely. as you had to discover yourself? Oh, a million percent. Mate. You know, like my kids sometimes, and it's been hard, Douglas, you know, like, mm. because my kids now, to them, there's like two dads. There was like the the wild animal, like, rogue, you know, larger mm. than life, you know, dad. And to an extent, I'm still a larger you're than still, life. You're man. still larger than life. But, but, like, completely different. Not as brash, not as mm. argumentative, not as egotistical. And, but in a different way. More chilled, mm. more, um, you know, a more refined human that has compassion and remorse, but also understanding that I'm, I, I made some terrible mistake, mistakes, but also mm. by, I couldn't keep apologizing because ultimately what happened, I guess, was that I was being led by guilt because the damage on, on, my, on my children was evident, you know, because of the, the relationship breakdown and the stress that my kids went through in those years when my alcoholism was at its worst was that inevitably I did impart some trauma onto the kids. Uh, inevitable, right? Oh, and that's developmental trauma. And also chuck a lockdown in the middle of that. The timing was not good. But mm-hmm. so there was a lot of that transformation was a challenge for the kids because like all of a sudden, you know, that mum and dad aren't together. But like dad's now this dude who you know, meditates and prayers and um, he's quite spiritual and he's speaking from the heart. And even if that means saying how he feels and apologizing, but then I, because I carry that guilt with the, de- with, cause of that trauma I imparted and the damage that it caused, you know, and it showed up differently in my kids, um, which was also hard to deal with mm. um, because they were completely different ways. And, um, but it was just trusting the process, Douglas, that that, that process 
that where I that I went through, that in time they would be able to look back and say, right, you know, dad struggled, dad had his issues, but eventually he was able to break the cycle of that, like, you know, generational trauma of heavy drinking in the family and that, you know, I broke that cycle and they'll be able to say, right, although dad, his actions affected us, they too also in time, they can't see it yet, but they will be able to reflect when they're older and look back and say, right, you know what dad did was, yeah, it took I guts. Think it took you, guts. You, you said something about generational. Mm. So sometimes we are, we're fighting for wonderful, for wonderful, better word or expression, demons. Oh yeah. Yeah. But these, these, these demons are, are, are passed down for generation to generation to generation. So, um, you can, we can look at it sometimes as, oh, okay, uh, it's just a battle between me and my habits and my values and the way I, my outlook on life. Mm. But some things are passed through the womb, through um, the, the victim of a victim of a victim, meaning your father is a victim of a, was a, is a victim of a victim, your mother is a victim of a victim. Mm. All of that contributes to the way that we ultimately are raised. You know, and, and then we show up with a lot of baggage. And so when we ask our parents, why did you tell me this? And they turn around and say, because my dad told me that. My mom yeah. told me that. As it's not good enough. You know, have you not reflected on these things for yourself? And But that's the evolution of self. And um, mm. being able to go through this transformation, have you instilled some of these teachings and... um? For, for meditation at least yeah. to your to your loved ones back home so that, that so that generational curse is if it's a curse mm. is actually gone mm. you know because sometimes things can skip a generation I, I remember yeah. I was at a family function the other day and one one of the uncles said you remind me of blah 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 at distant relatives yeah. you know you behave like I said no I behave like me uh, someone I'm, I've never connected to physically in the flesh, but mm. someone's telling you that, oh, your mannerisms are some other, some other family members that you never met. So yeah. yes, I'm just keen to find out your view on that. And um, what have you done in response to this yeah. um, generational um, um, baggage, as it were? Yeah, generational trauma, mate. It's it's mm. so real, right? Because like you said, it could be cultural, um, especially like, with with women and the um, the amount of you know the, that they've been you know gone through some terrible tough times of there's not a lot of equality mm. which we're talking about like you know thousands of years really mm. and um, that is stored in their DNA so mm. it's like sometimes we may be having a bad day. And it's not even us that has those feelings. Those emotions are just they deeply stored. But, you know, it it is mad, really, mate, because if you look how the stuff that's being, you know, discovered now, a lot of interest in science based around um, epigenetics. Mm-hmm. And if you heard doc, Dr. Gabor Mate speak about addiction and how it comes from trauma and even... Um, like 
Dr. Joe Dispenza talking about epigenetics and how we're not passed down traits. Cause like, you know, someone would say, oh, because you're an alcoholic, your father was an alcoholic, but that was just trauma. Like, we all just do our best, right, Douglas? Mm, yeah. But we just get, you know, you got to look at, at how our, since, you know, we've gone through two world wars, you know, our great, great grandparents came through that, you know, whether it, the, through slavery, our ancestors, which ones of them did go through that and how did they bring up their children mm. you know where was their mm. mindset during that time because people weren't talking about mental health then no do you know what i mean no. No. like they used to call um, post-traumatic stress after the war the blues mm. or you know just like <laughs> yeah. just crack on with it but obviously those people were badly badly damaged and then just you know trying to bring children up but then with the industrialization of our societies, you know, men going to work and the breakdown of the family dynamic, the feminine becoming masculine. And then, you know, it's a long history of, of struggle, really, in, the, in, in this world that we live in. And you can see that now playing out with the state of our mental health, the, 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 the stats of, of suicides, because it's, it's just been coming down. You know, just we've always just done our best, but we've only learned bad habits because life has been so hard coming back just in the last, you just, just go back 200 years, mate. You know, don't have to even go back any further than that to see how hard we've had it to get to this point now. No, that, that's, that's a great point because um, technology is an enabler and oh, we're, yeah. we're the most technologically advanced versions of humanity. Mm. That, that has ever existed. And with technology, it gives us time. And with time comes the opportunity to reflect and try to process what's happening. All the trauma that we have just described in the past, mm. people are too busy. You have to get on with it because you got, you got plow filled. You've got, you got to fetch water. You know, you, 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 you've, got to, you've got to do so much stuff in the physical, in the day. To yeah. just to survive. A positive now we can go to Waystro's, Sainsbury's, whatever the case would be. You got your lunch there. Thirty seconds, ting on the microwave, boom. Then you're you're there, left with your own thoughts. Then everything that has come from the past comes to your present. Yeah. And you ask yourself, wait a minute, who am I? 100%. Why do I need to do this? Hundred percent. Yeah. That was the exact question I asked myself. Mm-hmm was that those exact words, who am I? Yeah. I had no idea. I was 37 years old, no idea who I was, because we are so conditioned from birth. We get given a name, we get told mm. the sex we are, the color we are, the mm. religion we are. Yeah. We get indoctrinated beliefs that are set about by a system that we don't even relate to. You mm. know, they we are just put to work. The education system was created to 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 make labor. It's not mm. to help us with life. We mm. learn nothing from school, really, other than socializing with our friends, how to deal with life after we finish school. Mm. And like, I think that's where you're seeing kids now in school, because we deal in the education sector now with, with the mental health charity that I helped mm. co-found. And, mate, it's, kids are so they, – they are just not engaged because they can see through it. They've got a lot of information at their fingertips, and they're like, what are we learning? Like, yeah, this, yeah, no. this is not benefiting me in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and no. it's less community, Douglas. They're moving less. 
they got, although they think they're more connected than ever, we're less connected than ever. Yeah. And yeah. you just look around, bro. That's exactly where we are. No community, yeah. no uh, common ground, because we've all become singular, isolated. And yeah. that's not how we're meant to be, bro. We're creatures of, of community. We need, we all long to be seen, to be heard, and to be held. That's all we want. Wow. Wow. You know what? You're going to get atomic mic drop. Okay, guys, everybody ready? Atomic mic drop. What I will say to you is this. As you were speaking, I was recalling a conversation I had with one of my colleagues who does um, jujitsu. And um, he spoke about when he is training young, young men, one of the exercises he puts them through is to hug him. Mm. Just to hold, just to he gets them around and say, "Just hug me." Yeah. And a lot of the men will say, "Oh no, 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 no!" Yeah. They're, they're shy. Where I, weird, I could punch you, <laughs> fly kick you, I could do all that. Blah, blah. But I don't want another man to hug me and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And again, he he, he he speaks about this as a form of trauma a lot of men have gone through. Yeah. You know, where they have not had the emotional, physical connection with their fathers, absolutely, and don't know how to embrace another yeah. man and you know and and that's to the detriment because that leads to a lot of violence and all and and other uh, other types of behaviors and when they do do that mm. quite a few of them have broken down and started crying you know because yeah. the only time yes in like culturally sometimes we see each other or gives us a pow and yeah. just you know yeah. but all that, good. <laughs> yeah it's all good it's all good and then he's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's enough but there's there's an element where we need to love each other a lot more and um, particularly safe spaces for for all men, particularly young boys as well, coming up. Yeah, definitely. Um, One thing I've learned and is, let me frame it right, is look, if we're the most technologically advanced human that's ever existed Mm. because of all the stuff that we're creating, Mm. AI, rockets, all of that technology that we have, right? No other human was able to create those things. Just go back five years ago, 10 years ago, 100 years ago. Yeah. Mm. So what do you think of these children? As you rightfully said, these children can see through it. Why can they see through it? Because these children are more advanced than the parent. Yeah. They're coming into the world with a tremendous gift. They can navigate technology. It's almost like intuitive for them. Where the, so they're even more advanced than we are, and can you imagine what they will create in their lifetime? These oh, kids that uh, we uh, we as a society don't give them enough love, praise, mm. support. What do you think they will create in terms of technology if we don't love them? Considering our generation has built maybe AI and stuff, what are they going to bring to the table? So I think it's incumbent for us to really support younger people on the journey, give them those spaces, give them the support and love they need. There's not enough of it, Douglas. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's like you said, how uncomfortable are some men when you also tell them that you love them? Mm. Like, you can genuinely say it as well. Like, you know, I can say it to you, Douglas. You know, I genuinely, I love you, brother. Uh, Back at you, boy. (laughs) But we do. But I used to, I can tell you now, just a few years back, if someone said to me, a man, I love you, bro. I'd be like, fucking hell, mate. Chill out. Mm. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) But we struggle with these types of terminologies. And um, 
It is bad. Do you know, like kids now, we, we had a, I think we had a very interesting time of history, Douglas, where mm. you're going to see exponential pace of society grow faster than, you know, it's been fast now. We, we, we did, mm. I didn't have a phone at 18. I, I had my first phone at 18, mm. right? And in that time, what, uh, like almost 20 years since then, 20, mm. 22, 20 years, 22 years. Be like, modest. Yeah, 22 years, I'm 40. Right? <laughs> so like in that time, we've look at the growth. I mean, look at the speed in which society has moved forward. And mm. now with quantum computing, you know, mm. AI, like mm. how quick is it going to go from now for mm. the next five, 10 years? I mean, who yeah. knows, right? It's going to be scary. It's going to so, be scary. And yeah. on, to, on to your point, Reese, about, um, about generational trauma, mm. right? Let's, just, let's, let's apply that mm. into what you just mentioned, the quantum realm, yeah. the realm of technology, yeah, yeah. AI, that uses data sets where we, we had an opportunity with AI to rebalance past mm. trauma mm. from women, People of different generations, um, genders, people from different color backgrounds, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But if your data set is biased because you're pulling a data set that was really loaded with inconsistencies, yeah. that is that's just a continuation of that in the digital wow. age. Yeah. So we need to um have, be able to have these. I think it's incumbent on all of us to have these conversations and say, Do you know what? Yes, let's put the groundwork in place so that. Any new technology, any new technology that's deployed, is built on a solid foundation. So mankind, um, the humankind, can move forward in harmony. Because when you watch these young kids and they're playing their video games, ping, 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 and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> and I said, "Who are you talking to?" At the same time, I'm, I'm talking to her. They give you this, these stupid code names that you don't know. And you ask them, "Is that boy, girl, black, white, Chinese? Who is this person?" Yeah. They don't know. And they don't care. Yeah. They're just busy doing their stuff in their in their space. And I think we need to uh, fast forward uh, supporting and creating an environment where that stuff is normal for everybody. So the biases that we have mm. come with the trauma. And, yeah. the, and the trauma is exhibited by behavior. As you said, I'm going through your, um, your pain cycle of values, yeah. right? Mm. And who you hurt can cause a career industry. For example, alcohol, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous would not exist if it wasn't people for being alcoholics. 100%. Yeah, mental health services wouldn't exist if it wasn't for people having mental health problems and so mm. forth and so forth. So you can eventually start stop promoting industries that are destructive, like the alcohol industry as such. You yeah. don't have to consume alcohol to those levels and stuff like that. Yeah. So Betting we can well. have a cleaner humanity. Yeah. A bit I of a John Lennon-like way of, of viewing things. But I've really, my age, yeah. I'm going to be 50 next year, right? I'm starting now to really question what goes in my mouth. I'm not like, I'm not eating anymore for comfort. Yeah. I'm not eating anymore because I'm bored. Yeah. You know, I'm eating more, I'm eating more for... Um, medicinal stuff. Yeah, for medicinal stuff. I like. I said yeah. to myself before I eat something. I think, why do I need to have that in my body? You know, like if I'm going to take a lot of carbs, I will say, okay, Douglas, are you going jogging after? 
If the answer is no, <laughs> I leave the carbs. <laughs> I'm trying trying to be like that. So it's yeah. not, like, no matter what happens, because if you go back to the to to the essence of the cave dweller, the Neanderthal, yeah, it towards the winter they will bulk out because they know mm. the food is going to be rationed, isn't it? It's not yes. going to be in abundance. But we, because of industrialization, regardless. Eat the same about no matter what season it is. Yeah. No matter how we're feeling, you know, just just have to eat. You know, yeah. so um that's 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 the journey I'm on at the moment. I'm I'm still struggling, yeah. but um I'm getting there. I'm yeah. getting there. It's, it's I mean it's a cycle, right? As well. Again, yeah. like it's all about self-love though, Douglas, right? At the mm. end of the day. Like mm. same thing when I gave up alcohol, then I started eating. Mm. And it was like just a cross addiction because ultimately I still, I, although I was trying to address that pain that was residing within and looking for something, which, you know, looking for a God or someone to fill that void, but ultimately it came back to me. Mm. You know? And we are all God. We are an expression of God. However, whatever God you believe in, it's regardless because we all believe in a creator. And mm. my longing for that connection, that wondering like, who you know how we got you you know who are we who am i you know led me back to me and realizing that actually we are all god and for me that took away so much of my fear mate it it really did and wow like yeah you know it, it was because i realized like why why are we you know why am i actually scared of dying why am i scared of 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 all these things that I had in life, you know, fear of rejection, fear of confrontation, fear of failure, fear of judgment, fear of death, fear of the unknown, so many fears. It drove my whole life. And you look what the press today, they're just hammering fear down our throats constantly to control us. No other reason. Yeah. Because if we keep us scared, you know, they, we keep in their system, you know, this, this corporatized system, whereas like you said, it's fast food corporations. Like, why do they have such... They shouldn't be allowed to sponsor any mm. sports or any TV adverts or anything like that. Same with, like, drink, uh, you know, sugary drinks, caffeine caffeine uh, drinks, alcohol, gambling, all these all, all corporatized systems that cause all, so much pain and suffering in our yeah. world. And, like, another one, why, we, why do are all drugs not legal? You know? Mm. Like, just... The war on drugs doesn't work, you know. Mm. And you look at the effect the psychedelics is having in in the um, PTSD and depression area right now, and the research that's coming out of Imperial uh, College in London. Like, bro, you know, the plants have the answers, Douglas. Food is medicine, mm. yet we're putting food with no value in our bodies because we're so our lives are upside down. So much. Uh, trauma, ge- developmental, uh, personal trauma, uh, but also conditioning and programming constantly by this society, being bombarded from every avenue, mm-hmm. the news corporations, the TVs, even the things we watch right, are loaded with messaging. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, social media has also been such a tough one on kids because of the expectation of, you know, you've got to look a certain way or, You've got to, you know, you've got to have this material stuff. Otherwise, you're a loser or 
So like it's caused so much pain eh, in these young yeah. people. And no, you see uh, young men and women, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, and, absolutely. So much self-harm, so much, much body dysmorphia, and then we're overeating because of our pain. You know, uh, no, the suffering is immense, immense. Yeah. And it, at a point sometime in the near future, I pray that we see it as this madness of what it is, and we all just go, enough. Mm. We need a new way. We need a new system because it's corrupt. The whole system is corrupt. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We need, a, we, need, we need a great reset. Oh, bro. You know, a Massive. great reset. And, and do you know what? It starts with people like yourself, myself, you know, evangelizing that we're happier in this state of being. Mm. You know, some of these battles are are going to be fought, but not through the traditional methods. Yeah. You know, if overnight people decide not to go and eat certain fast food joints, yeah. they won't be here for for that long. No. Um, if people reconnected with nature, as you rightfully said, the solutions are in the plants. We are we are from the earth and we are part of the earth. 100%. You, you see what I mean? So anything from the earth is good for us, mm. but we don't need to be eating things that are overly processed. You know, um, me and my partner, we've done the uh, tally on how much money we spent on, on um, what they're called, herbs and spices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Herbs and spices. And it came up to over 100 pounds a year. Over 100 pounds a year, mm-hmm. you know. And, and a lot of these herbs and spices, we can grow ourselves in our garden. Yeah. You know, but we've I, forgotten the skills. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, or, we, or we want to the skills. How many people actually have a physical space? If you don't have a garden, you've got a ledge, you could grow vine tomatoes. You can, you can yeah. do something yeah. to grow your own organic produce, you know, which you taste a, a lot sweeter. You know, uh, it would be, you'd have, it would be nurtured in love and that's what you're putting in your body. I was just going to say that, grow that love back, give it yeah, back yeah. to yourself. Yeah, yeah, we could we could do that instead of instead of being on Q, um um what's it called till number eleven in Tesco's with with a, with a twenty pounds worth of produce that you could have all made yeah or grown yourself in your and own back garden exactly and the likelihood is that produce is sprayed with pesticides that are harmful to our body yeah. anyway. Yeah. So like again, it just always comes back, Douglas, to we're all run by these corporate entities mm-hmm. in every aspect of our lives that do not put the people first. It's profit mm-hmm. over people all day long. Mm-hmm. And it's harmful in every direction you turn, it's profiteering. Yeah. And it's affecting us at a deep level at every aspect of our lives. So like we have it's, it's becoming ever increasingly difficult to take action too because our governments keep squeezing us, you know, mm. raising gas and electric, raising fuel, yeah. raising cost of living, um, you know, vehicles getting more expensive. Like, you know, it, like at what point, you know, is are we going to take action and say like enough's enough now, you know? Yeah, we need intervention. And I'm a firm believer that things um, don't last forever. No. You know, societies don't continue to to accelerate. They can implode. You know, they can be stagnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's projecting. So we need to um appraise, sit back, chill, and 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 do whatever it takes to um to be a better human being. And I, and as you said about, we're all connected. We're all part of God. We're all part of create of the creation. Mm-hmm. Um, what we put what we put down today in Mike Drop Club is a creation. 
You know, I'm part of you, you're part of me. It's all oneness. And that is that is why I knew that we've got to keep bumping heads because our lifestyles are so busy. Yeah. But I'm constantly looking on the feed, Reese, for what you're doing, where you're at, why you're doing what you're doing. So um, I just want to say, because I know time time is limited. Yeah. Um, thank you one more time for gracing the Mic Drop Club with your wisdom, yeah. with your tells, with your tells. And, you know, your, 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 your nickname should be Sensei. <laughs> you know, you're, you're gone from being, as you said, young words, rogue. Yeah. Now you're a sensei, you know, right. which is which is which is which is such a beautiful thing for me to to be in your company having these conversations. Yeah. Um, but this is not the end. This is what we need to do is formulate what we discussed and mm. framing it around a series, and then yeah, yeah. that way we can share it out to the public. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Um, thank you for your light <laughs> and your energy and and this platform and. Like there's definitely, um, yeah, I reciprocate what you said. Like when I, you inspire me when I see you and, and what you bring and the way you, you show up in the world is, is inspiring to me as well, brother. So oh, super, I thank super, you. super. Stuff. Thank you for that. I thank you for this, uh, this space together. You don't know, it's ours, it's ours and it's golden, you know, and I, I appreciate the moment. Sometimes I'm quiet when I'm, I'm hearing you talk because I, I'm appreciating the moment whilst I'm in the moment. There's Presence, no point in brother. me when you're not there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no point in doing it when, oh my God, I'm, I'm appreciating it whilst I'm in the moment, you know, which is so, so important. So, Norris, have a great evening. We'll catch up soon, okay? God bless. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out micdropclub.com and get the show notes and useful links. Subscribe to the podcast. Don't just live life, make life boom.